Hello and welcome to The Widow Podcast. I am your host, Karen Sutton, The Widow Coach. I am a widow, a mum, a health coach, a life coach and grief coach. I want to help you see that you really can create something truly meaningful after loss. You have everything you need within you and I want to help you find it so you can see how capable and amazing you really are. Helping you find a more positive way through your grief. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Widow Podcast. Today I am so, so excited and so honoured to have the wonderful Gary Andrews here, aka Gary Scribbler, Gary Doodle, however you want to, to name him. Um, I'm sure you follow him. He's huge on, on, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I don't, I don't think you've quite navigated TikTok yet, have you, Gary? Is that? I've, I don't dance enough to do TikTok. <laughs> Not quite on TikTok yet, but um, but Gary is amazing and is very well known in the grief space. So I've invited him on to talk about his journey through widowhood and the loss of his wife, Joy, and his journey thereafter, because it truly is just so incredibly inspiring. Over the years of listening to Gary talk on other podcasts and shows, I've drawn so much so much strength and, and wisdom from him that I hope you'll be able to do the same today from our conversation. So Gary, hello and welcome. I'm glad this is only audio and not visual because I'm blushing now. That's, that's <laughs> lovely. Thank you. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you've heard it all before, Gary. You're an inspiration to so many. Very kind. Oh, so let's let's start. Let's start with with your story of of your your lovely wife Joy, mm. and and what happened and and when it happened. If you're happy to yeah. share that with us. Sure. Yeah. Well, we'd been together since 1998. We met at a local theatre. Um, I'd met her years before, actually, but you know, she went away to uni and came back and blah, blah, blah. We became best friends. And then suddenly one day realised we'd fallen in love. And we had 19 incredible years together, two beautiful children. And then in October 2017, just kind of long story short, um, out of the blue, um, very quickly, she developed sepsis and was gone in a flash. And um, yeah, it was... Um, one of those crazy moments when your world just sort of turns 180 degrees overnight. Um, yeah. I was I was away on business when she was taken ill. I had to try and fly home early, but by the time I'd landed, she died. So it was the whole thing was you know pretty traumatic and and surreal. Mm. Um, I think mm. that's probably the best way to describe. I can't it. even begin to imagine that plane ride home for you. It just must have been horrendous knowing that she was, I mean, obviously you didn't know she was going to die. I didn't you know she was she dying. Was I knew she wasn't at all well. Mm. And in my head, I was thinking, oh, well, you know, maybe I'm going to have to look after the kids for a couple of weeks while she's in hospital. And it might take a bit long, might be a long recovery. Uh, who knows what's going on? Because they didn't know what was wrong with her. That was mm. the thing. They, she wasn't presenting classically with sepsis and they just knew something was wrong. And mm. could I get home quickly? Um, so that flight, I, you know, for the first time ever, actually, I slept on a flight. I normally don't. But actually, I was so weirdly, I was so stressed that I slept it's, it's a hard yeah. one to sort of put my head around but I did um, but everything went through my head all the scenarios including the worst case scenario which she comes in and then goes away you know yeah. you just yeah well that one yeah and then when I landed and and, and her, her mum and brother were there to meet me rather than me, my bus which I had booked you know um, 
the little alarm bells rang and then when we got back to the car before we drove off they told me that she died at uh, 3 15 that morning which was basically just before I got on the plane in Vancouver wow. so um yeah she, she'd actually died just before I took off um but oh, I didn't know gosh, yeah. um so it was sort of mid it was kind of midday-ish just after midday UK time when I got home when I landed uh, and then I had the one hour drive from from Heathrow to, to home to sort of prepare myself to be able to tell the kids because they'd managed to keep it from them. Mm. They knew she was in hospital, but they'd managed to keep from them what had happened. So they knew I wanted to tell I would want to tell them. Mm. Um, so that was a kind of very strange, very surreal. I mean, I can still remember every single moment of it. It was one of those things that burns into your mind forever, that sort of time. You know, a lot of things fade away and become all blurred. But I have such clear memories of that that whole process yeah 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 those things stick with you don't they yeah they do they're not moments you ever envisage yourself in no I mean um, I'd I'd lost both my parents by the time I was 30 31 I think my parents died when I was like 28 and 31 so um I I'd been through losing somebody close to me before mm-hmm. so the the practical kind of mundane side of it was in 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 the storage in my head I kind of knew how to cope with all that stuff on sort of autopilot and that was mm-hmm. kind of useful I guess in a way but emotionally it's such a different feeling to lose a partner because you expect to lose your parents at some point I mean I'd have liked to have them around a bit longer yeah, you, were that, young. you were young but yeah. you, but it was still the right way round. yes you know um, but to lose your partner especially one that was 15 years younger than me I mean I was um I was quite lucky um um you know that was just totally it wasn't even on our on our radar you know we'd always planned for when I go yes yeah natural (laughs) events yeah Um, yeah yeah it's I I often talk in in my groups and and with you know the coaching that I do that I I believe and and I say this just from obviously talking to other widows and widowers and being in grief groups myself um I mean I the only significant loss I've experienced in my life is is my husband I you know I'm very very lucky I still have my my parents here um you know I've lost grandparents but like you say natural course of events but I think for me, uh, my belief is that, you know, when you lose a life partner and, and probably the same for a child as well, but I, you know, I haven't, that it impacts every corner of your universe. Whereas when you have another loss and I'm, I'm not um, saying that one's greater than the other, it's just a, a difference in it. But when you have, uh, yeah. Another loss, you, you have something normal to come back to. You have yeah. a, an element of your life, a, a stability, I suppose, in that. Yeah. Like I say, it, it's no less painful and tragic and sad to, to lose. But we're all going to do it. You know, pretty much most of us sort of thing. And it's, and you know it's going to happen. So when it happens, it is, it's something you've been sort of preparing for, even subconsciously, I think. Yeah. It's no less painful. And, and you know, and losing a parent when you're young, and I, mean, I think about my children losing joy very young. Yeah. Obviously, it impacts hugely. It's mm-hmm. just, it's different. And it's not, it's not like, yeah, my grief's better than your grief kind no. of thing at all. It's just very different. You're absolutely right. It touches different areas of your, of your soul, of your heart, whatever you want to call it. And, and that's... Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of the things that sort of struck me quite hard when it happened, you know, just that, that when my parents died, I was really sad. I really missed them, but I didn't have that same emptiness that I had mm. when I died. There was, there mm. was a, cause I'd chosen her. Yes. Yes. You know, your parents Absolutely. are there and you accept them and you love them because they're part of your life and always have been. Yes. And you, there's that huge loss when they go, but to have chosen someone to be part of this shared experience and then for mm. that to be taken away, 
is it's a different sort of pain yes yeah, yeah that's so yeah, true yeah. you know that's so true I'd, I'd kind of hadn't thought of it in that way you know but you do you choose these people to be in your life don't you and, yeah. and that's yeah that that's yeah. huge so did you see did you go and get to see joy after she died no um, I made a choice not to and I'll tell you for why um when mum and dad died, both of them had been in some kind of discomfort, pain, whatever. And the last time I saw both of them alive, they were uncomfortable. They were hurting. They didn't look well. Yeah. And when they died, I went to see them. Like, I saw both of them very shortly. I missed both of them dying. I mean, I've missed everybody dying. I've not been there. I, I had to go home to get mum's overnight stuff. And then dad died. And I'd been with mum all night. And I went home to have a little sleep. And then she died. And it was just like that. Ah. But I went back and saw them both straight away and I saw them in The Undertakers afterwards. And the great thing about that was they went from being in pain to being at peace. Wow. And that felt important to me to see. Now, the last time I saw Joy was on a FaceTime and we were laughing and smiling. Although she felt fluey, which is what we thought it was, we were laughing and smiling. And the last thing we said was, I love you. And that was the memory I had. I didn't want to have that memory taken away. So I made a choice not to. Yes. Yes. And I, I said to the children that I'm, I'm not going to do you want, and they decided not to as well, um, yes. which was fine. I think, you know, they made their choice. Um, we did have um, the undertakers were amazing. And we've, we've we all got a lock of her hair plaited with a purple ribbon, which we've all got hanging up in our bedrooms. And mm. they took um, fingerprints, which we had put in silver little casts and stuff, which we've got as key rings and necklaces and things. Yes. So there, there were those tangible things. And we had obviously with the ashes and stuff like that, but also had some of the ashes put into a into a paperweight, which we have on the landing, which we pass every day. So there are tangible memories of her around. But yeah, no, we, we chose not to go and visit because the last memories have been, you know, yeah. certainly for me. And, and I think although they saw her go off in an ambulance, she wasn't at that point in extreme pain. She mm. was just, they just took her in, you know. So yeah. I just felt with everything they were going through, it's probably best for them at that point to, Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think, you know, our children do, they are guided by us, aren't they, mm. in, in, in what we do. And, and but I think it's lovely that you gave them that, that choice, actually, because it's one thing I really struggled with after Simon died was, what do I do? Do, do I ask them? Do, do I take them? Do they, you know, mm. to see him, to go to the funeral? There's all these questions, isn't there? And yeah. just was sat chatting to him one day after he died you know I was doing the yeah, chatting I do yeah <laughs> and um it, it just came to me it was almost like a message from him ask them ask them what they yeah. want to do yeah. and uh, and so I did but it's really hard I think as a parent in that situation to to know what choices to make to as to what feels right for them it is and I mean one of the things I've done from day one with my kids in with most decisions that are kind of important decisions whether it is I've just included them in it from the start I've asked them I've they, we've been part of the process from the moment she died and from the moment I told them I said to them this is going to change now it's not mum and dad and you guys it's mm -hmm. us three we've got to be a team and although I'm the team captain you know mm -hmm. we've, we've, we've got to work together in this and I'm going to cry you're going to cry I'm not going to hide it please don't you hide it um, let's just be in this together. And, and that came to all decisions like that as well. So I just decided on the spot without really thinking about it that I'll just include them. It's funny, isn't it? Those instincts that drive um, us, that we just, 
we just know. And, and what I think I've loved about listening to you and your journey along the way is that you've always just allowed your instincts to guide you. You've just done what has felt natural and right. And you've not questioned, well, it's, it appears yeah. that way, Gary, you've not questioned yeah. yourself or, or thought, well, they didn't do this. I'd better not do it. I mean, sometimes one, one questions one's decisions after you make them go, did I do the right thing, do the wrong thing? You're always going, am, am I crap? Am I any good? Am I doing this right? But it seems to work so far. Um, yeah. and, and, and sort of ironically, considering that I've actually published a book, I didn't look at any books wow. about it. I mean, people offered me books and I gave me a couple and I, I, I think there was one I read, which was almost more like a novel than a, than a, than a self-helpy kind of one, but I kind of chose not to, um, because I, I was just following the, my, as you say, the instinctive path. And I just felt, I'm not sure I really... I want to be told which is you know ironic seeing as how I brought one out but my book isn't isn't a sort of this is how to this is a more no. like this is, this is what happened book yes. rather yes. than a rather than a than a, than a how to yeah. um I think it's slightly different but um yeah I just decided to just follow my gut the whole time which is kind of hard to my whole life. I mean, I don't, I'm terrible. I, I never look, I always make stuff up. Um, you, but that I was going to say to you, is that, is that how you've always been? But obviously yeah. that's kind of who you are at your core and, and that's served you well, actually. Yeah, I kind of wing it. Yeah. I've, I've been winging it for 61 years now. And, and, and you know, right. it, I'm done okay. So I, I kind of, yeah, I mean, you know, obviously one you know, occasion, I mean, when the kids were born, you know, reading a bit of Miriam Stoppard or whatever, you know, just yeah. to sort of say, mainly to wind up, find out where to stick thermometers <laughs> and, and, you know, what does that rash mean? But but never the kind of how to, what to do with them as people, more like the practical stuff, obviously, was useful. But, you so know, did, I've always kind of just, yeah. yeah did that help your support net? Because I know you have a huge, huge support network. You have wonderful, wonderful friends around you. <clears throat> and, and you know how they all pull together and they set up support groups for you didn't they were they all yeah a whatsapp um, group where they talk about group. me not too yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um and um they just were, were there and i i listened to to one story about um a, a friend of yours i think he'd come to your house and he didn't know what to say and he gave you a hug and you both ended up laughing because he was like yes. i don't actually know what to say to you yeah and you, that was you, that <laughs> was literally um one two that was on, she died on the friday and that was on the monday his, his his wife had come around literally the afternoon on the friday and seen me but he was on shift and he couldn't see me all weekend so he came on the monday yeah and he gave me a hug and we just started laughing he said it's ridiculous it's ridiculous I don't, and we just started laughing yeah um and it was quite because it was just such a raw emotion. Yeah, it was. And then later on in the evening, there was crying. Yeah. Uh, but then that was great because they held me while I had a little cry and stuff. And it was one of my first big releases, actually. That's but it came after the laughter, which was interesting. Yeah. I think that let something out, you know. hundred uh, percent. I think there's definitely a place for it. In yeah, I mean, laughter has been huge. It was huge in our relationship and it has been huge through my grief process as well. Mm. Laughter has been um very healing and also very important it took a while for me to get used to the idea but once I got used to it actually it became really important yeah and having yeah. funny children helps as well yeah. they're, they're ridiculous there so and they made me laugh a lot uh, you know early on they have this incredible power of bouncing back and living in the moment and not holding on to the same sort of things we hold on to as adults with the guilt yeah. about feeling happy yes. which is what I was feeling yes um and they can be happy in a moment and then sad the next and that was quite a nice sort of observation to go 
they I just took them like that mm. and and God, they can they can guide us can't they so well completely 100 <laughs> I've told the story a million times and mm. apologies to anyone who's heard this before but the <laughs> thing that actually I think was the um my the mantra if you like for my whole process started 20 minutes after I told them she died when we stopped crying and the next thing they asked me was what's for tea <laughs> and and what's for tea I think is is kind of if if my wife hadn't been called joy and the book obviously had to be called finding joy I think the the second title would have been what's for tea because <laughs> that sort of put everything in into perspective when when they asked that and it's oh my god yeah we do have you know we have to keep moving that these things have to happen and I had to feed yeah. them and keep them alive and warm and uh, and so they led from from the first moment really which I think is brilliant and and I mean there's lots of, of models of, of grief out there but the one I think I resonate the most with is I don't know you probably haven't heard of it because you haven't read a lot about grief <laughs> um there's Strobe and and Spurt or I can't remember this, the other guy's name it's awful isn't it but it's the the kind of the the loss orientation and then the the, the restoration side of it as well and, and you oscillate between the two it's like a push-pull effect between being in your grief and then being in the restorative phase you know creating your new normal finding your way forward and, and allowing space for both which I think kids do beautifully and I know they refer to it as puddle jumping don't they one minute yes. you're kind of like jumping in the puddles of grief and then they're out of it and they're running around they're laughing and they're like asking what's for tea and, yep, yep, <laughs> and it's yep. like oh god hang on a minute I can't keep up <laughs> it, it was quite yeah yes at the beginning it, you're, you're, they're sort of going at this breakneck pace of life and you're still yeah. there trying to sort of process because that's what we do as adults and um yeah it did teach me a lot about being in the moment and, and surrendering to the moment. And um, yeah, so as much as I sort of, you know, led them as dad, they've certainly led me in, in, mm. in that way as well. How did you find your peace with that though, Gary? How did you kind of allow yourself those moments? You know, you said the guilt. What? How did you work through that? Well, I mean, there was those, those early on days. I'm sure you remember this when you have that first day when you're not, when you're not crying all day. Mm. and suddenly you find yourself laughing with a friend or doing something and you suddenly realize you haven't thought about it for 10 minutes mm. and 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 you're laughing and then suddenly you go I was happy and then you feel horribly guilty and then you beat yourself up and I remember sitting there thinking she wouldn't want me to feel guilty for being happy our whole life was about enjoying ourselves and having fun and mm. and 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 it was kind of knowing that she'd be standing beside me going what the are you sorry I, I know we mustn't swear <laughs> yes. on we mustn't swear on here I'll be good <laughs> self-bleep and uh, you know what are you up to um you know stop it and and having that moment and then making actually quite a conscious decision to I mean I've called I don't know if I'm sure it's out there already but I called it positive grieving where I decided that so this I had 19 brilliant years yeah. And I looked around me at people I know who who aren't happy in their present yeah. with partners. And I think, oh, my goodness, I was so lucky mm -hmm. to have what I had. I'm mm -hmm. going to celebrate that rather than be miserable about poor, poor me. Yeah. And, and, and then what I became was the sadness was for what she was missing rather than for the fact that I didn't have her there mm -hmm. because I couldn't do anything about that. It, it, realistically and I'm quite a realistic person and a pragmatic person it's like well I can't undo what's happened yeah yeah therefore there's no point in going oh if only yeah but what I could do is go oh what a shame she's not sharing this she would have loved this yes but look what we did have and that that sort of realization and made myself think that way really and, and that that was a big change for me yeah um 
and we still i mean all the time talk about you know there's not a day goes by we don't talk about her still and um well, there's always that kind of oh mum would love this wouldn't she can you imagine if she was here now what she'd be doing and and you know we, we put her into our situations still now um in that kind of way you know acknowledging the fact that she has died that she's not there but oh what if she was she'd be doing this wouldn't she and that's I think very positive as well definitely it is you know and it's it's so important I think to really sort of you know create that awareness around your thoughts and what you're doing to yourself because we can layer our grief with so much suffering can't we with the thoughts and the what ifs and I should have and and I I mean it's very easy to sit here four and a half years later and say this I remember at the time in those first few weeks just being you know absolutely devastated and Mm. sitting there just in front of the tv with it on and having got a clue what was on because it was so blurred from the tears and 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 just crying myself to sleep I mean I remember that very clearly but I also remember the the other thoughts coming through quite early on and doing the doodling for me helped that because it 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 catalogued for me the journey and the process and if there was a good one I could do it and and I clung to those little moments of positivity in there and, and put them down to remember when I was feeling down that there were positives and also to remember the, the, the you know the, the downs in the dip as well being yeah. honest with myself so that I could look back a month after to the first month of the drawings go okay you've come this far mm. and it was my own self-counseling you know sort of yes. to do that and and and, you know, even now I could look back at them and my children still, you know, especially my daughter, will go to the old books and get them off the shelf and flick through them and look back at them. And um, it's been very useful. Yes. Doing that, you know, and charting that journey. I can imagine it's a very cathartic healing tool for you in, in yeah. your journey, because you started the, the Doodle Diaries before Joy died, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, about a year and a half. Yeah. Yes, and then it was an art. It was an art-based thing. I needed to do onto the practice of drawing, and and I just thought, well, a diary is the best way to make me draw every day. Yeah. So that that was why it started. Yeah. And then obviously the day she died, um, you you did the broken heart. Yeah. And that was. Did you make a conscious decision then to continue doing it through your journey, or was it more just I'm just going to do this for now? Um. By the time it had reached that point, I did a year and a half in, it had become part of my process. It mm. was it was what I do at night before I go to bed. It, it's kind of difficult to go to bed not having done it. I feel like something's missing. So it already felt that way. So when she died and I, I carried the drawings on because it was just what I do. Mm. And I started to realise what they'd become mm. for me. Um uh, and kept doing them. I thought, well, that that's, this is very useful and healthy for me. Still good for the drawing, but also good for me, you know, spiritually and, and whatever. So I kept it up, you know, because of that. I think I probably would have still been drawing it anyway if she was alive, yeah. but they'd have been different, you know. Yes. They'd have yes. been more, you know. One of the, and, and what happened was, as you know, as they started taking off and they got noticed and the, and the social media thing went nuts, um, <laughs> I made a conscious decision. Um, a, that, that, obviously keep it honest and true and never make anything up, never play to the crowd, just put my personal feelings on that day, blah, 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 blah. But the only censorship I gave myself was no politics, no religion. I, I didn't because, because I'd realized that the, the people that followed were right across the board, that, that there was the range of people that followed from left, right. You know, every, there was no one type. Yeah. And I thought if I start putting things that, mm-hmm alienate people that's that's not what this is about anymore no. you know in the old days there were a couple of political jokes or whatever that I put yeah. in things happened you couldn't help it but <laughs> I very I decided from day one pretty much they're gone 
Yeah. That's, this is about feelings, not about being mm. clever. Yeah. Um, so, and that's been the only self-censorship I've done for the whole thing. And that, that will now stay until the end of time, um, until I, basically I'm going to keep going till I, till I go out of my box. So mm. I'm, I'm, um, yeah, that's the only thing. It's like, it's not about yeah. that. It's about yeah. feelings, it's about okay. life, it's about all that. So, yeah. And it's, it's, it's so wonderful. And I love that your daughter goes, you know, what a wonderful thing for her to, to be able to go and reflect on and share with you and remember and talk about. I mean, that in itself is a gift, isn't it? It's, you know? it's fun. And, and, you know, we've got photo albums and things which you can yeah. look at, but, but, but a lot of these are about feelings and, and yeah. emotions and that's something you can't photograph and that no. you can put it in a picture. And that's quite nice to talk about those memories and those feelings, which is good. And a lot of people have said, won't it be a lovely thing, you know, when I'm gone, that they'll have that to look back on and to show their children and and, and that's it's quite a nice feeling you know i hope they, they do they it will and 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 i think you, you know you're that, that it's funny because it's just one picture with a few little words on but it like it speaks a thousand <laughs> words sometimes doesn't it it kind of you can just really resonate sometimes with the way you've drawn the picture you, you you know i love i love the i love the way you have joy in a lot of them in the background that are faint, faintly drawn you know that's yeah. just like wow and then you've got the, the grief what do you call him the grief, grief demon the grief demon that's it yeah. um you know sometimes he's kind of wrapped around you and suffocating you and other times he's kind of just back he's over in the corner now he's, he's over in the corner sitting there behaving himself and yes. um, basically i'm in charge and occasionally i can let him in yes you know? and just once yes. the blue moon he'll try and scare me jump out boom you know go, oh i didn't see you coming you mm. but but yeah. mostly he's he's just sort of like a slightly unwelcome visitor in the house somewhere now rather than it's, this sort of human you know this rucksack on your back clutching your organs, which is what he was at the beginning and and do you feel that now do you feel a, a sense of of freedom from the grief almost that it's more on on your terms it's yeah, there it hasn't, I do. yeah what does I do. it look like I, for you now i think i think it was sometime in it was sometime in late in year three i think it was that I realised that the balance of power had shifted. Year one is raw, is pain. Everything is new for the first time. Then you get through that first anniversary and then you hit year two. And what I just, what I discovered in year two was it was even slightly more painful in a way, not on a day-to-day -day basis, but on those moments when you, mm. when you go, oh, it's another one. Yeah. And you realise this is forever, not just the once. Yes. And that second year was actually quite tough mm. on those days. Overall, it wasn't so bad, but on those days, we're kind of, it heightened it. By the time you get to year three, you, it was a bit like, okay, here we go again. I'm an old hand. You know, you go, right, I, I'm expecting this now. And, and they didn't hurt the same way. And that's when I thought, I think the balance shifted. And I was like, okay, I see what's happened here. I'm, I'm now, I'm now the, the alpha in the relationship between me and the grief demon. And um, as time's gone on and as more things have happened in life, he's been pushed further into the corner into the next room whatever uh, as i say we'll still occasionally put the bucket of water over the door you know to take you by surprise but yeah. but um most of the time and i can if i want if i'm feeling it sometimes i can sit there and go wait come on then in you yeah. come and have a little moment because sometimes you need them oh, 100%. and even now you know even now when some really good things happen sometimes you just want to invite him back in to go give you a little perspective and, and and almost to sh weirdly almost to share it with mm. with the grief demon and, and sharing it with with joy if you like that thing of look a really good thing's happened I'm going to share this with you and that's going to be a bit painful and I'm going to have a little cry but it's good tears and you I know you'll get it and then when I'm done I can go right see you next time and and it's kind of got like that now yeah 
yeah and I think you're right it definitely evolves and changes and you can't see it at the beginning um you, you don't see that it, you're ever going to come out of it do you if it feels permanent and suffocating no. and, and and I know I've been talking about year one year two with you and mm. I'm incredibly aware that for every single person the time scale is different absolutely that could be month one month two month three with some people it could be decade one decade two for other people there's no right or wrong I'm just saying where it was for me and where it's that for me and I and I have a few close friends who are on a similar pattern who lost people around about the same time as me who and we've naturally gravitated into a little sort of informal but rather wonderful little tribe and um a lot of them are in a similar place mm. but not everyone there are others that are nowhere near yeah and others that you know it's all different and, and it is you know, yeah that's we all do it very differently for different reasons don't we you, you know we Absolutely. all have, a, have a, a different support network a different outlook you know oh, totally I mean my analogy is like it's like a forest and you know you go into the forest at the grief at the beginning and the other side is that it thins out and there's the clearing so we're all trying to make our way through but we're all taking a different path some yeah. of us find a nice path that we can wander along and it's quite easy a few little bar- brambles on the way other people wander into some sort of thicket of nettles and can't get out for ages yeah. But eventually yeah. do so we're all passing through that forest just choosing different ways yeah and absolutely uh, yeah. I think yeah, that's so true I think that's that's a lovely analogy of it and I think you know after we lose a loved one for me I've, I've really kind of believed in in that idea of sort of finding meaning um I guess making sense of the loss and that's not finding a reason for it that that's not kind of going it's okay and I get it but what you do with your life that kind of honors your person, that that kind of, like I say, brings meaning. How how do you feel you've done that with, with Joy? Well, with Joy's death, because it was sepsis, and you know, when that happened, and I when, when we realized it was that, and I looked into that and realized just what a killer that is and how unrecognized it is, I've tried to do what I can to sort of raise sepsis awareness and things like that. And that's one of the ways. I've sort of done it and every time I've posted about it I get messages from people saying if we hadn't seen your post we wouldn't have known to call the ambulance and, and we've saved so-and-so's life so wow. this gets me emotional sorry and um and um it makes me realize that there are people out there now alive who wouldn't be if she hadn't died wow. and that for me makes her death less pointless mm. and that's a kind of that's part of her legacy now for me I think that's one of the reasons things the other thing is through the, the the social media side through the drawings and 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 her very much being part of that and her name being tied with the book and people who followed the journey who it's helped them realize they're not alone and ha- people who say to me i love I, every morning i go to your pictures and it just makes my day you know makes my day better or whatever stuff like that that as well for me is is honors her honors her legacy because I I wouldn't be doing those drawings if she hadn't been who she was and hadn't died mm. therefore for me that's also a way that I'm sort of making something of this and making something positive of it so I think that's probably does that answer yeah absolutely 100% it does because it you know it's different for us all isn't it and yeah you, you know I think it's 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 individual for us all in how we do that and and that's your way of doing it which I think is, is I'm lucky I've got this this facility for drawing and for communication which oh. is you know what I do it's my it's yeah. been my job so I'm lucky that I could channel it into that and you know that gives me a a shop window if you like that other people may not have and it, I'm very fortunate that I can be this sort of 
poster boy for for, yes. the, for the process and and you know I am so grateful that I that I get that opportunity you know because yeah it feels good to help you know when, when when you see the pain you felt the pain anything you can do to just make it a little bit better for other people is is great so yeah I think that's that's sort of my that's lovely that's really that. lovely and 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 how are the the children doing I know you know solo parenting is <laughs> like <laughs> the hardest thing in the world and I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves don't we when our, our partners yeah. die to and I just loved the fact that you had that really honest conversation with your children that kind of went it's different it's going to be different and we've got to work together as a team you, you know I think oh, I wish I'd had that conversation <laughs> I think it's yeah. happened naturally actually yeah. but I, I think I was very much in denial at the beginning about, right, just nothing's going to change. We're going to stay the same and I'm going to stay the same and, and, and it's going to be all right. Of course it wasn't. And we're not. We're fundamentally like, changed yeah, as people, aren't we? I mean, it does. 100%. Yeah. I've often said if they walked back in the room now, they wouldn't really recognise us as the no. same you know, yeah are very different people totally different it's 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 mad that the change it has on us but I think how you have parented as a solo parent again has just been hugely inspiring I think you again that principle of being honest and open and having conversations you've applied that to your parenting as well haven't you from, from I've tried I've yeah and yeah. I mean you know god I'm sure I'll make plenty of mistakes I'm sure if you ask my kids the questions you get a very different answer to what you get <laughs> <laughs> but but um they're doing okay I mean you know my daughter's always been an old soul in a, in a, in a young body and she's she's done very well and she her response was to sort of get very focused about things like work and and all that she's a teenager now she's 14 so you're getting that kind of bit with her but it's it's fine too because even with that she's quite delightful in her own way I mean yeah. she's blooming irritating as well but it's it's you know yeah that's their job isn't it Half of the um, but she's great and works really hard um Ben was very young he was only seven when she died I mean he's now 11 and he is now sort of starting to maybe feel it that little bit more. I think that realization, and I've just recently found with him, there's a few little things where he's not like he was, you know, the, the behavioral. Again, he's a he's a he's a teenager. He's getting there mm -hmm. as well. He's at he's at secondary now. So how much of it is just that, and how much of it is the other? I don't know, but I know that he is. And has said to me a couple of times recently that he's been missing her a bit more and he feels it a bit and it's possibly feeding it feeding into a couple of little things with him and his focus isn't perhaps as well as it should but then it's boys thing a lot of boys focus yeah. at that age isn't particularly good so that it's it's a bit of a sort of apollo 13 with him i think it's like he's that point in life and that amount after her dying that it's all kind of coming together don't get me wrong he's still lovely and he's not like difficult or trouble it's just I'm I'm having to be now slightly more aware mm. that yeah the, the kid gloves are having to go on a little bit more now and I've got to bite my tongue a bit sometimes mm. so we don't get into sort of little rows about stuff you know because mm. the the fuse is shorter than it was a little while ago and all that sort of thing so how how have you kind of reassured yourself through the process that you're you're doing okay that you're enough on your own that you can do this because although it's difficult isn't it and, and all I don't know if I ever have it I think I'm still questioning myself every day am I doing all right you know and I keep looking every time they do a little thing that isn't in inverted commas right I think what have I done wrong to make them do that but I think I think all parents do that all the time even when there's two of them I think I don't know because yeah. I haven't got that experience now I, I don't know what's this and what's normal 
<laughs> all yes. I know is this is my normal. Yes. So, um, but I'm kind of, um, I, I constantly question myself, am I doing the right thing? And, and then I have to look at it and go, well, let's look fundamentally at how, what their behavior is, what, and, and, you know, what can I do differently to improve it for them? How much freedom should I give them and how strict should I be? And am I being too free? Am I being too strict? And, and <laughs> I yeah. don't know. I don't know. I think if there was a magic wand, you know, and every everyone says as a different standard of what's right and wrong and too much or too little so again I'm just following the gut and hoping for the best and uh, (laughs) as long as I don't get arrested I'm probably doing okay (laughs) yeah Um, that'll make an interesting doodle (laughs) yeah 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 I think you know it's hard and I think that's a really valid point actually even you know if our partners were still here we'd probably still be questioning ourselves like are we doing it right are we get, are we doing enough are and I think the enough? difference is you'd be sitting there when they've gone to bed saying to each other should we do this should we do that what do we think about that do we and but now you're saying that in your own head like Gollum and Smeagol you know? you're <laughs> yes. sitting there going are we doing right <laughs> and, and it's just like ah so oh dear. <laughs> it's exhausting <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is they, they didn't I don't know whether this changed but I know early on listening to you talk that they didn't they didn't have any um su- bereavement support from a, a charity or anything no, I, I offered they were offered it and I was mm-hmm. offered it and I offered it to them and mm-hmm. they chose not to they said we'd rather talk with you we'd rather blah 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 and that was fine I did say recently to, to my son I said look I'm doing what I can do are you feeling you do need to talk you know because when he said he was missing or whatever I said do you want to talk to somebody because you can if you want it it, is never a time it's never like past its sell by yeah if you want to and he was like no I said well look let me know if you do all right and I'm happy to set it up and he's like okay no I'm fine so he's still choosing not to but the offer's still there but no they chose just to talk to each other and me and friends and whatever because we talk and I think a lot of people with counselling is opens up when they find it hard to talk but we never found it hard to talk so I think you know we sort of counseled ourselves in that in that same way but yeah if and I've I've always said to both of them look if if you have it now or when you're mid-teens or when you're in your 20s or 30s I mean have it when you need it and it's I'm not it's not I'm against it we've I've just felt I've not needed it and personally because I have my drawing and they felt they didn't need it for whatever reasons so you know but if if it's if they want it it's there yeah exactly Mm -hmm. and and again it's giving them that choice isn't it it's it's helping them sort of make those decisions but I mean you have the drawing do they do they draw do they write do they have an outlet Lily did a lot of poetry and stuff early on and she does draw as well but her drawing isn't grief-based drawing it's just drawing it's a it's a creative outlet but she doesn't sort of use it for grief for her there was a bit of writing uh with ben it was there was a bit of drawing i don't he, he is quite good at drawing but not in the same way as us but he's very creative he's got a vivid imagination and a lot of his mechanism was through comedy he just mm. is it was funny and just by being weird and having and being crazy and quirky that was his kind of way of channeling I think Lovely. and possibly hiding a bit I think maybe but you know maybe he's coming through that maybe that's what's happening at the moment is that mm. that's running out a bit and he's maybe just coming to terms with the reality of it a bit more now but but do that's you, fine yeah do you think they get comfort from from your I mean do they follow you on social media do they, or do they just uh, see what you write on the... I mean yeah um Ben doesn't have this the, the apps that she's got but yes. she does and she, she does follow yeah and do you think that 
that helps guide them, brings them some comfort. I hope so, yeah. I mean, they still look at they look at the drawings, both of them. Yes. They know what's been posted, and they'll yes. often something will happen in the day, and then they'll say, "Go, that's going to be the doodle, isn't it?" And I go, "No." <laughs> um so I think they do yeah they quite like it and it's quite funny when they always quite like it if we're out and about somewhere and somebody stops us and goes sorry are you Gary Scribbler and we get recognized from the from the doodles Lovely. which has happened a few times out and about in strange places and they kind of find that quite extra you know they're just like blimey that's what? weird you know that's so that's strange, quite funny. isn't it yeah. I mean, and, and they they just must love the book that you, I mean, I've, I've got I've got the book. I love uh, this book is is incredible. You, you, you know, it just tells such a beautiful story, a, a tragic yet heartwarming story. And, you, you know, and it, it's yeah. what's lovely about it is you can pick it up and, you, you know, you just go to the pages and you've, you've got like your doodles in there and, and a message. Well, even there's no words, but just the picture. Do you, yeah. you know if you oh, guys sat thing. by the tree? And... I think it's sort of book you can you can open it up and just look at the page and then close yes. it, and you'll get yes. one stands on its own. But also, if you read through in sequence, there is a journey that you can there follow, is. and um, yeah. and it's a love story. It's a love story. It's a love story that continued after she died, but it is still a love story. It's and um, and yeah. I think that's as we were putting the book together, that's what became clear to me. I didn't even realize it when we started it but that's what it was you know and that was kind of I mean my editor Abigail at, at, at John Murray's was was incredible and she sort of kind of almost pointed that out to me as we were putting it together that what it was and and she was right you know and I was like oh yeah well that's clever um and it is um, clever and I think I just think everyone who's, who loses a life partner should just be given this book <laughs> yeah we've talked to a couple of charities a couple of charities are sort of trying to get copies but they ran out of the publishers at the moment because there aren't quite enough pre-orders there's no more print runs coming up but yeah. if we get loads of people asking they'll do another yeah print run. But, but you know <laughs> because, because, and I think because when you're grieving I mean I was given quite a few books um when when Simon died and you opened the first page and you're like oh my god like I, I can't read that I can't I can't take in yeah. anything yeah. and and what's beautiful about this is that it you can you, you, you know like in the depths of your despair you could make sense of this book and it would give you some hope yeah. In, in a very dark place okay. and it's that that the simplicity of it makes it so beautiful yeah a lot of people said I started looking at it and I just went through in one sitting and that's oh, kind of nice yeah. you can it's not something that you have to sit beside your bed for a week and a half no. and plow through it is something you can you can like yeah. with a nice big cup of coffee you can go through the whole book you know yeah. Even though it's you know, nearly a couple of hundred pages, but because it's drawings and little bits of writing, you yeah. you can get through quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what a lovely legacy finding. Oh, I mean, her, gosh, her, the name—it just all fits, doesn't it? Oh, Harry? I know she it couldn't have been named better, could she? Yeah. And they did such a beautiful job with with the actual physical book. I mean, I have to say they were brilliant publishers, mm. and it is a—it's just a physically lovely. Th I mean, just even if it was about something completely different, it'd be a love. I know I love yeah. the book. If it were, if it wasn't mine, I'd have it because I just love the feel of it and the and the touch of it. You know, it's just a nice. It is, thing. and what I love is that the the paper beautifully kind of reflects the paper that you draw oh, the on. brown the brown paper yeah and yes. the, the actual the um the measurements are the same as the sketchbooks I draw in so all the drawings wow. are actually life size they're there oh my god I didn't know that yeah it's basically the, exactly like holding the sketchbooks that's the thing it's the same size as the books it really I mean you you have you clearly are very talented aren't you with your, your drawings <laughs> well it's a bloody good job because I can't do anything else so uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't it, know Gary I think you're doing it, it's all right it's paid the bills it's paid the bills <laughs> over the years so that's that's quite handy 
Bless yeah. you. So I, I guess like that, that you're you now in this chapter of your life, um, you, you know, you've recently kind of announced that you have met the lovely Lisa. I don't know Lisa, but she just looks lovely <laughs> in a couple of pictures yes. that you've shared. Yeah. Um, she just has the most gorgeous smile. She's, you, you know, you look at her picture and you're like, oh, I want to meet her. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she has that effect on people. Yeah. She's... Yeah, really just warm and 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 lovely. And, and you do both look so happy together and, and you recently got engaged. How has sort of navigating new love been for you alongside your grief? It was, was taking a step outside myself was fascinating because, um, you know, in the early days, you, you, you think, well, this isn't, you know, that's it. I'm done. I'm, there's not going to be anything else like that. You know, you, you hope that you might find somebody you can be with, that you'll get be friends, that you can you can be together and that things will develop and blah, 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 blah or whatever. But you think, right, I've had my big love. We're done like that it's not going to happen and um and then through the power of of social media we we met through instagram basically and um and um started chatting and and it was one of those things that we just connected so quickly and i mean we 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 were in love in next to no time just through chatting we knew it even before we'd physically met because it was lockdown we already knew we were in love sort of thing which was quite I just didn't think that could happen, you know. Um, I was I was kind of a little bit sort of cynical about that kind of thing when you see it, and then it happened to me. So I was like, oh, okay. um, <laughs> it does happen, and 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 it was it was unexpected and again surreal that word. But and I, I before it happened, I couldn't work out what it would be like and how it works because I still love Joy, I still love her, um, and it was like, and you go, well, how does that work? And then I had that kind of road to Damascus realization that it was like having my children and when I had Lily when we had Lily we completely fell in love with this little pink squealy person and you think wow that's amazing and then a couple of years later she got pregnant again and the tummy was growing and you're thinking so what happens now there's another one coming am I supposed to go right so half of that's now got to go to this one and you know you just you, you know yeah. but you, you think how does this work and then he was born and suddenly it's like this door opened and a whole new load of love you didn't know was there came out and went bloomp. <laughs> and you didn't stop loving child number one because there was child number two. Suddenly you had double the amount and you did it. And it was exactly the same sensation. It was like when I, fe when I fell in love with Lisa, these other doors opened up and this huge new thing came out and went, ta-da! Um, it's, it's the love demon. And, um, you know, and, and, and came out and went, I'm here. And it was like, oh, Oh, I get it. I, I, you know, yeah. And that's that. That's kind of what happened. And the great thing is, she gets that too. That's lovely. So, which is really important. Yeah. And um, and has been so incredibly understanding, supportive, and 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 indeed encouraging in that whole feeling of still loving joy. That I mean, that's one of the things. One of the many reasons that makes her an incredibly special person. And um. Yeah, so it was that realisation that, oh, you can actually love someone else because your love hasn't gone away, but it's like having two kids. Yeah. You can feel that love again. So that's, once I realised that, I could just chill out and, and just enjoy myself and go, yeah. okay, I can actually enjoy being in love. And and um, and there is no guilt and there is anything like that. And, and, and um, yeah, and again, sharing that with the kids, saying, you know, you, you realise that be, just because I'm, I'm this much in love with Lisa, I haven't stopped loving mum. It's not, it doesn't replace her, you know, and, and they get that as well. So that's been, um, 
That's lovely. That's, and it sounds like, yeah, you've, you've navigated that so well um, because that's not an easy journey to travel, is no, it? And I'm sure it wasn't quite as simple. Well, when you're falling at the beginning, you do get those complex, you know, oh my God, am I being unfaithful? I feel like I'm being unfaithful to the memory. And you get, oh, oh. But then it was that kind of duh moment when you go, <laughs> Do you remember when you had the second child and, and, and your brain suddenly goes, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. And yeah. once I allowed myself to realise that, yeah. then you could just go, and I'm in. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm OK, let's open all the doors. Let's get down all the remaining barriers and let's just. Yeah. And, and has it made you kind of go, do you know what? I'm not messing around. I'm just going to grab this with both hands. That is like- exactly. That was exactly it. You know, it had been a year and a bit. Yeah. when I proposed and you know it was six years before I proposed to Joy I think it was you know but it, during that time we were setting up ours we were paying off debts we were yeah. finding the right place to live we were setting up her career we were doing so many things and once we got to the point where it's like should we get married you know and but but with, with Lisa it was like um you know what I'm not oh, sorry no way <laughs> I should have switched that off I thought I'm I'm not getting any younger and I know exactly how I feel. I'm a grown up. Mm. Um, I know what these feelings are. Life is fleeting and precious, and I don't want to waste a single moment of it. Yeah. And that's why I just decided let's just jump in. And yeah. thankfully, she said she's on board. <laughs> she's on board, <laughs> and um, and it's wonderful. So yeah, thank you. But it's um, it's, it's it is it is wonderful, and I think it does take somebody incredibly special to date a, a widow widower because I think it's complex and I think it's hard yeah. to understand that you're you're with someone that still loves someone else as much as that person isn't around anymore mm-hmm. it's respecting that that grief that 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 loss but also the love that is still there and the yeah. fact that you you know it you know effectively she's inviting joy into her life as well isn't she because Absolutely. joy is still a huge part of yours and, and the kids life so it's you know, you have to embrace it all. It's not just yeah. you. It's it's everything that, that comes with you. And I am the sum of some of those memories and those experiences. And, yeah. and, and you know, I am who I am because of all that and, and accepting that and understanding that and not wanting to change that, yeah. but, but, but go with that. And that's, yeah, it does. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's to be admired and 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 very much so. You know, it's incredible. I I, um, I always said from the beginning, I don't think I'd want to do it because <laughs> I think it'd be really hard. And it's that feeling, isn't it, of having to, and you don't have to, but I think when when you're dating the you know the widow, the widower, that you there's that sense of you've got to step into somebody else's shoes. You've you've got mm-hmm. to kind of replace them almost. You or you're never going to be able to live up to them and and their memory. Yeah. And I think you're never going to be good enough. Not even think, you know, I mean I've always said that not trying to, to be being their own person, being different. I mean I mean what and Certainly from my point of view, I wouldn't want to try and find a carbon copy. I mean, what's the point? It no. would never be quite the same. It would never. So falling up with somebody different. I mean, the similarity they both have is they're both incredibly kind. They both had smiling eyes. They both were the sort of person that loves a good laugh mm. and were just lovely people. Yeah. But as people, they're very, very different. Mm. Um, and that in itself is, is, is I think, you know, is, is great and how it should be. I think if, if you find yourself a carbon copy, that's just a little bit kind of... For well, me, I would find that a bit weird. I mean, yeah. other people may want that, but for me, I, I couldn't have done that because nobody could be her. And I wouldn't no. want them to be her. And I wouldn't want them to even pretend to be her. And having someone who is 
so different in so many ways is actually it's it's new things for me to learn and discover yeah. i'm never measuring her going oh joy wouldn't do that because she's not joy you know it's like it's like oh i love that that's a new thing to me yeah. and 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 i love that and of course you're so different now you, you, you know yep. so and when you met joy you know you were looking for somebody for different reasons and different yeah. qualities and and now you're older and you've been through life and yeah. <laughs> all of those things have shaped who you are now it's yeah. kind of like okay I, I kind of maybe looking for different things strike you um yeah. and, and I think that's the, the beauty of it what what do you think for you you, you know because I, I always talk about my loss with Simon and and how I feel I have changed as a result of it what what positive kind of um I I don't know changes I suppose it has brought to my life to me to my outlook my perspective what it's taught me what do you feel you've learned from it that it's brought to your life not taken away from you it's it's freed up a lot of emotions that I was quite happy not to show I was I would never cry at film I would never you know I, I was quite happy just to sort of sit there with a, with a slightly smug grin on my face about most things um, and now I feel things a lot deeper I feel emotions both of, in all directions a lot more it's certainly sort of released something in that department which I think is wonderful and healthy um, it's made me so much more aware of just how precious life is the world is and as we touched on just now you know wanting to to make the most of every moment um it kind of cemented my my spirituality that well, i believe you know i'm very much sort of um i'm sort of neo-pagan crazy old hippie so i mean but but tree hugging nutter but <laughs> um um I, I, I nature is what i kind of live by and worship the wheel of the, the wheel of the year the circle of life all that sort of stuff and although I liked all that sort of thing it made me so much more solid in that being where I'm at mm. and and getting a lot of comfort from the fact we are part of something a lot bigger and ongoing um uh, it's sort of done that um it's made me and I'm a better person in practical terms I'm better at you know I can cook now <laughs> and, yeah. and love cooking I I, I I cook and I clean and I do things that I used to think were like magic that she used to do that, that I used to sort of had to be told to do because I was useless um that now I do automatically so I guess it's just made me better in that it is uh, yeah I think weirdly the overall thing coming away from it has been overwhelmingly positive yeah um, yeah. which is a very strange thing to take away from something so awful mm -hmm. is that mm -hmm. you actually end up kind of better because of it yeah um, it's and it's hard to admit sometimes that as well you want to say you know your your sort of melodramatic instinct will say no I'm broken I'm broken I can't but actually it's it's made so many things stronger and and, and clearer through the grief and through the the pain has made me realize what's important and I guess that that's that that is a positive thing so yeah I think that's what I've taken from it yeah and and that's you know that's such a powerful message isn't it because you know it is tragic yes it's also transformative and and it can be <clears throat> excuse me it can be incredibly positive and and you know I wish I could have learned all the lessons I've learned in in a different way but we can't you, you know these things happen and and we can't change that 
it yes. takes trauma sometimes to actually create these changes you can imagine it as much as you like but when you actually have the trauma it's going to affect you in mm -hmm. certain ways and you know if you can take pull something positive from trauma then you know that that would that's yeah it's it's i think it's opening your your heart and your mind to the possibility of that and and i think at the beginning sometimes you're not ready to hear it you're not ready to to see those lessons maybe or or what what good can come of it which absolutely i think if somebody said to me in the early days you know you're, you're going to learn so much and you're going to grow and it I probably would have punched him in the face <laughs> yeah exactly exactly but you, you know as you go through the path and you, you, your mind opens and, and you experience new ways and, and new ideas it, it does it opens up so much and and I think you view the world in a in a very different way and relationships you know you lose some relationships absolutely they, they can be affected but I think also there's there's a lot of strength that comes in in relationships as well and oh, especially with my children yeah, my children relationship with my children is very different to what it was. My friends, there's a lovely relationship with my friends there now. Um, <clears throat> I'm lucky I haven't lost many, I don't think. Mm. But I mean, some of my deepest relationships are fairly new ones that I've made with fellow members of the tribe yes. who just get it in ways that, that, that the muggles can't, you know. And... and um, not to disparage them at all in anyone else has not been through it because people have been incredibly supportive but there's there's something so fundamental that you feel that only someone else has been through it totally gets and yeah. and a couple of them have become my closest 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 friends you know and, and um but yeah it's it's been um quite a journey well it's not over the journey's never going to finish you know no. that's the thing. it's ongoing and yeah will continue um yeah absolutely it's, it's like another people say don't know the next chapter i'm like this feels like a completely different book <laughs> yes absolutely yeah part two it's it is it is definitely that i've often felt that with it and, and like a book you know the other pages are still there in your left hand you can still flip back through them if you want to but you're in this new section this new book this new whatever yeah and it's that is another one that i've talked about in the past yeah definitely that yeah. sort of analogy yeah, yeah, it's yeah, very, yeah. very true. What would you go back and say to your to your kind of fresh, raw, widower self um, that maybe you 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 know you didn't know at the time or couldn't see at the time that you, you think would kind of would have helped you? I mean, to be honest, it's 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 probably crass and obvious, but I would I would like to I would like to say to me, this will pass. Mm. It will feel better. Don't beat yourself up you know, uh, about things, everything you're feeling is normal and things will feel better. Mm. I think, you know, and, and don't expect it to happen straight away. You know, just, just be kind to yourself. I think that's kind of probably the message I'd give to me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think you, you have, I'm sure there's been times when you haven't, but I think you really have done that so very well, so very instinctively. Um, and, and I think that message in itself is powerful for people, you, you know, and I'm always saying this, like, you know how to do this, you, you know how to, to find your way again, it, it's just learning to listen, I suppose, and, and tune in to yourself. Listen to yourself, than... listen, yeah, listen to, mm. listen to what your deep down feelings and, um, yeah. you know, yeah. don't, don't be fooled by what's happening on the surface. Yeah. In, inside there, there's deep, there's other stuff going on, you know, on, on subroutine inside that's looking after you and yeah. you know, you'll, you'll get there.
Yeah. Well, absolutely, hundred percent. So, where can obviously your your book, Finding Joy, people can find this on on Amazon. Is where I find yes, it. That's <laughs> the, uh, yes, that's the main place. I mean, uh, if you can get it through your local independent bookshop, please do. Yes. Um, there are still copies out there. Um, yes, but yes, please. That's that's lovely. Thank you. Um, apart from that. If you look on Instagram or Twitter, you've got Gary Scribbler on both of those. Um, I'm on Facebook as well, but it's exactly the same stuff. Um, yes. So yeah, yeah. Uh, Instagram is probably sort of my my favourite place to You're sort of do to. stuff because it's very picture based, you know, and, yes. and and generally a kind of quite a lovely place. It Twitter, is. you know, you have to ignore all the other stuff on there, but but my Twitter's always been lovely, which is nice. Um, <laughs> you know, the people t- have been lovely to me. I mean, you know, not my Twitter. I mean, I'm lovely. <laughs> I'm saying people have been lovely to me on there. Um, unlike they are to some other people but yes. um but instagram is is yeah they're all they're all good so that's that's where you can find me gary scribbler um yeah that's it really because you do you do some um I, i've seen that you you do some workshops every now and then don't you for I do. in fact I'm, I'm doing some i'm starting in a couple of weeks time with um a company called bravo 22 which is um, um veterans company you know people that have been um oh, you know veterans from the forces that have been come out for various sort of reasons or whatever whether physical psychological whatever and they have all these workshops and I'm doing some stuff with them which is fantastic I've done quite a few with them and they're wonderful to work with um I've done a lot of stuff with the good grief festival as well mm. um done workshops on on doing using doodling as a as a, a, a means of self-counseling and stuff and anything like that that comes up I'll always publicize it on the on the old socials so any any new workshops that come up I'll, I'll I'll let people know and just occasionally I decide to do one off my own bat and do a Facebook live or something about drawing so I think yeah. last one was Boxing Day I think it was um, Boxing Day didn't you yeah it was yeah that's become my Boxing Day thing now I'm gonna do that every Boxing Day because Boxing Day is such a flat day isn't it you've had Christmas and then you're all sitting there just full of turkey and feeling a bit and there's rubbish on the telly I thought well if I just jump on for a couple of hours and do some stupid drawing if it makes two or three people happy that's going to be fun so um so yeah a bit of that so yeah I mean basically if you follow if you follow the socials then anything else that's happening that might be of interest will crop up yes brilliant I think you know like I say Gary what you do I think it just it normalizes for people what they're going through because grief is, is very isolating and very scary and uh, we don't understand what's going on for us a lot of the time and I think you very beautifully have illustrated over the years that you know what people are feeling what they're going through you're not alone you're not not anyone listening to this if you're feeling alone you're not honestly we've all somewhere out there one of us has felt what you're feeling right now yeah trust me yeah Yeah. that's it it's so important Gary thank you so so much it's been such a wonderful conversation as always I really appreciate your time bless you (laughs) thank you uh, yeah see you again soon bye Gary Thank you so much for listening today on The Widow Podcast. If you would like to find out more about how I can help you, please visit my website, www.karensutton.co.uk. I would love to help you find your way forward to a brighter future. So get in touch, let's have a conversation and let's help you take back control and find a more positive way through your grief. I look forward to hearing from you.